to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Elimination diets. They're all the rage, but should you do one and why? Hi, welcome to Thrive Thursday, a show hosted by a medical doctor with a different spin on women's health. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Mills, and I provide women with solutions, root cause solutions for their health concerns. And today we're going to be talking about the elimination diet. Uh, When I dove into the research of root cause medicine and came across the science that founded functional medicine, uh, which is, um, you know, doctors and uh, health professionals who practice functional medicine, they use the elimination diet as one of their foundational tools. And for me, it was a super important foundational tool for my health journey. And so I want to teach you about, you know, what is the elimination diet and why should you do one? What are the signs that you should look out for when you are considering an elimination diet? And uh, over the next few sessions, we are going to be going deeper into the elimination diet. Um, So first of all, let's start with what is an elimination diet? And it's a catch-all term uh, for, generally speaking, when you take foods that have been shown in the research um, uh, on humans, so looking at humans who have developed problems with foods, and uh, what you do is you take certain foods away for a period of time. So you eliminate certain foods or certain food groups. And then after a period of elimination, which we'll call the elimination phase, you start to add one food back at a time. And in research, that's called a food challenge. So you add a food back in and you observe what is happening with your body in response to that food challenge. And in research, it's actually considered to be a very high quality diagnostic tool. And when we're setting, when they're looking at food allergies, it's actually the gold standard. So you might have a positive allergy on blood test. So let's say we were doing a blood test for a peanut allergy. However, uh, even if you test positive or negative on that blood test, the, what really determines if you have a food allergy is when you're, you have a period of not having that food like the peanut, and then you introduce the peanut into your diet and you watch how you do with it. And that is considered the gold standard by uh, doctors who practice food allergy medicine. And it's the same for food sensitivities and food intolerances, which are different from food allergies. And that's really important to understand when you're considering whether or not you should do the elimination diet. So a food allergy is, generally speaking, 
when uh, you have a very immediate reaction to your food, like a peanut allergy as a great example. So some people, when they eat peanuts, they uh, have an immediate reaction, what's called an anaphylactic reaction. And what that means is that they might get some swelling of the tongue, they might get flushing of the face, they may get constriction of the lungs, and they um, may not be able to even breathe, or and some are so severe that they can die. So that's a very quick, like within minutes to within half an hour of eating the food, and it's a very obvious uh, allergic reaction to a food. And that is um, uh, the body responds to that food um, through a specific part of the immune system. So the immune system is the part of the body that's responsible for recognizing foreign invaders into the body and mounting an attack. And when you have a food allergy, your body is really um, primed, like really ready to recognize um, a peanut uh, protein, for example, as a foreign invader. So a protein from the peanut, which is like each food has its own specific kind of proteins, just like each human has its own proteins. And when a peanut protein gets into the body, then the body will say, whoa, foreign invader. And it'll call upon one part of the immune system to react. And it's the, um, for those of you who are medically minded, it's the IgE system. So the immunoglobulin E response, which is very quick, like boom, very fast. That's, this is very different from um, what we're going to call a food intolerance, which is, uh, let's say you, um, so a very common food intolerance would be to dairy, for example. So a lot of people are born intolerant to dairy because they have a problem breaking down, for example, the sugar in dairy called lactose. And you need an, an enzyme, like a little tool to break it down called lactase. And if you're genetically not born with that, um, you're not able to break that down. And what will happen is that lactose will stay in the gut and cause problems like fermentation and bloating or pain in the belly, um, gas. Um, all those sorts of things. So that is like um, a reaction that happens locally in the gut. And it doesn't necessarily involve the immune system. So it hasn't even gotten into the body, but it's causing a local disturbance in the gut. And that's generally called a food intolerance. Whereas a food sensitivity, and one note about the food intolerance is that, especially with uh, lactose intolerance, um, some people um, can grow out of that intolerance uh, with age, so they start to tolerate dairy better. And some people may be uh, born not maybe born without the problem, and then they develop the problem in older age, like in their 30s or 40s or 50s. They become lactose intolerant. They lose the ability to properly break down um, milk and its products. And so that's something that, you you know, some people are unaware of and they might have started off being okay with dairy and then they lose that ability over time. And then you have food sensitivity, which is um, also uh, a reaction to a, few, a food by the immune system. So you eat the food, the food gets into the body and then the body reacts to it. However, it's a different part of the immune system. So let's say, for example, the food allergy is like 
the foot soldiers of your defense system get called on. And when you mobilize foot soldiers, it's like, boom, you get them all going all at once, right? Um, and that's the IgE part. However, with the food sensitivity, it's another part of the immune system. It's a slower to act part of the immune system. And that part of the immune system is called IgG, immunoglobulin G. And it's kind of like the special defenses, you know, it takes a while to call them up. Um, and so instead of seeing that immediate reaction, you kind of, it, it can happen slowly over time. And it's not as severe necessarily as the anaphylactic reaction of a food allergy. Um, however, it can um, cause problems and it, it'll cause problems like throughout the body, which I'll explain. Okay, so unlike the food intolerance where it happens in the gut, food allergies and food sensitivities, because it's the immune system that gets triggered to act, the immune system, as we know, kind of goes throughout our body into our brain, um, it affects our skin, it, it goes into our joints, it goes into our gut, it, you know, it, it really um, it, uh, impacts how we gain weight or lose weight, how we retain water or not, are we inflamed? Or are we not? So when you have something uh, triggering the immune system, it can actually cause havoc through your entire body, not just the gut. And so that's why it's such a tricky one. Food sensitivities are quite tricky to uh, identify and diagnose because you'll eat this food like, let's say, cacao or let's say gluten or let's say um you actually don't have a, an allergy to dairy and you don't have an intolerance in the gut, but you do have a sensitivity to one of its proteins when it gets into your body and that triggers the immune system. And so then you have a, a dairy food sensitivity and you eat those foods and you're okay for like a day or two. And then around the second or third day, you start to notice problems. And because it's the immune system that's being activated, the problems can be a foggy brain can be a hard time concentrating. It can be um, irritability, low mood. In children, certain, um, certain kids have um, good response to the elimination diet in terms of their um, attention deficit disorder and autism, um, you know, signs and symptoms getting better. And when they go back on the food, they have what's called the relapse. So it can actually alter your behavior which is very fascinating. And there's been studies done on schizophrenics where they have wheat removed from their diet. And about 20% of people in these studies with schizophrenia have their schizophrenia go away when they remove the wheat and it comes back when it gets back added back in. So again, it's 20% of certain studies, which means not everybody with schizophrenia is going to have um, wheat being the trigger of their schizophrenia, but isn't it fascinating that it can be that severe? And when I was working in um, a, a rehabilitation hospital in Vancouver, British Columbia, GF Strong Rehabilitation Center, I saw a woman who was diagnosed with gluten sensitivity ataxia, which was a very um, rare, but you actually, there are, there's research done on this, so you can find research on it where they have a difficult, the, the, the immune system um, attacks because the, when the immune system gets triggered by the food, it starts attacking the food, but it can actually, it's like when you're firing missiles, you, you can hit not just the bad guys, but the good guys. So you start like 
hitting other parts of the body, which is why it can show up in the brain and the skin and the joints. And that seems to be a little bit genetically determined, like where is it going to show up for you? And so it is for her, it showed up that it was attacking the hurting the back of her brain, which is the cerebellum, which coordinates muscle movements of the arms and the legs and the trunk and the eyes and the mouth. So she was having this disorder of muscle movements to the point where she could, she lost her ability to walk independently. And she had to use a walker. And over time, she couldn't even walk. She had to be in a wheelchair. She had a hard time speaking, hard time eating to coordinate the movements of her mouth and tongue to eat. Now that is a very, very severe, like if you look at the spectrum of severity, right, of food sensitivities, there's like the mild food sensitivity where you might eat a little bit of gluten and you get like a little bit of a rash or you get a little bit of joint pain or you notice that you're not quite as sharp. Um, she's on like the other end of the spectrum where she's basically losing her ability to coordinate the muscle movements because her brain is being so heavily affected by gluten. And so, you know, that that's the range that you can have. It's quite a significant range. And the thing is, you don't know where you are on that spectrum. And um, there are many health concerns that we that people are experiencing these days, right? A lot of men and women are having problems with their brain function. They're having problems with their skin. How can food sensitivity show up in the skin? It can show up as rashes, uh, eczema, dermatitis, acne. Acne has been linked um, to high intake of dairy and sugar. And in some people, cacao, processed foods for sure. Those are like four big food groups of food sensitivities linked to acne. Um, it can exacerbate problems with your with joint pain. I've had people do elimination diet and their lower back pain goes away. The osteoarthritis in the knee, the volume of pain gets turned down. So it's like goes from you know an eight out of 10 pain down to a two out of 10 pain, 10 being the worst pain and zero being no pain. So it's really kind of fascinating how food sensitivities can show up in your body. And the thing is, because they are not immediate, like a food allergy, it's really hard for you to know that the food you're eating is causing a problem. So you're likely eating it every day. And it's so you're constantly triggering this health issue in your body. And it's like you've been experiencing it for a while now that you almost get used to it. However, you notice it and you're not happy with it. And but you're not actually linking it to the fact that it's something that you're eating fairly regularly. So in order for you to really find out if your foods are triggering your food, your food sensitivities, which are causing potentially some health concerns, is you have to do the elimination diet because the elimination diet is a very uh, strategic method where you take the most common food groups that have been known to trigger um, the immune system because their protein is either very complex, like gluten and cow's milk protein, uh, or uh, corn, for example, as well, or they are foods that would be normally an irritant to the human body, like sugar. There are certain foods that are genetically, some people are genetically predisposed to not do well with, like coffee, and some foods depending on um, how often you use them and how you've used them in the past can be like a toxin to your body like alcohol. So you do um, an elimination diet where you eliminate all of these foods and then you give your body about three to four weeks to recover from the impact that these foods have had on your body. So that allows your body to calm down, the immune system calms down, 
then you get to witness, to observe and experience how good your body is getting with those with those foods being gone. And for me, for example, what I noticed was that I, I had a rash that I would get around my eyes and around my mouth. And medically, it was called perioral and periorbital dermatitis. It was a dermatitis. And that completely went away. I was having problems with my weight, like I was bloating and my bloating went away. Um, I, my irritability, like I was having irritability and that got so much better, like pretty much went away. And now it's just like normal irritability with like regular life stuff, not this low level, irritable, short tempered kind of attitude, you know, which no one should have naturally. And it was being um, uh, triggered by my food uh, sensitivities. And so you experience this like amazing phase of feeling and looking great and feeling your best. And then you're like, okay, which of those foods were causing my health concern? And then you start to add one food back at a time and you wait for seven days because some foods, though the food sensitivity will show up in the first three days, but sometimes it can take as long as four to seven days for that sensitivity to show up. And then you are tracking, you're tracking like, how am I feeling? How am I looking? How am I being? How am I thinking? How am I pooping? How's my skin? How has my pain? How's my mood? Right? You're tracking that and you observe over time if certain things come back, like a relapse, right? Um, And then you notice like, okay, when I added this food back in, these things came back. And so I know that this food doesn't really serve me. It's not jiving well with my body and then some people will say well why do I have these food sensitivities like I didn't I didn't have health concerns before and I've developed health concerns um some people have had health concerns their whole life so they've had unknown food sensitivities their whole life like for me dairy was an unknown food uh, sensitivity or more of a food intolerance because I was constipated dairy made me constipated makes me constipated so if I eat it it's like it all comes back again right And I had that my whole life and I didn't know that not pooping, you know, one to two times a day was like not normal. I I would have a poop every two, three days. And that's not normal, by the way. It may be common, but it's not normal. You should be pooping at least once, ideally two to three times a day. And so, um, you know, I discovered that for myself. However, there were some food sensitivities I didn't have before and I developed over time. And that's the case for many people. And why is that? Well, because in order for your body to react to the food, um, and it's usually a reaction to the protein in the food, and that can be the protein in the banana. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be animal protein. Even plants have protein, beans, nuts, seeds, whole grains, wheat, gluten is a protein. Whey and casein are the protein of milk. And when those proteins get into the body, not properly broken down into their basic building blocks. So the basic building blocks of protein are amino acids and amino acids are the building blocks of life. Like if you have um, a bracelet, the building blocks of the bracelet are, let's say a pearl bracelet. It's like the pearls. The bracelet with all the pearls in it is the protein. And each animal, plant and human has their own unique protein. And that protein has to be broken down completely by the digestive system, by your teeth, by your stomach, by the acid in your stomach, by the enzymes or little tools in your gut that break down the food even more. B12, 
before those building blocks get absorbed into your body through the lining of your gut. And the unfortunate reality is that our modern day living with the chemicals and preservatives in the processed foods, which destroy the lining of the gut, they basically cause the lining of the gut to get too leaky. So you need a little bit of leakiness in the gut for, the, for those building blocks, amino acids to get through, but it shouldn't be so leaky that the protein before it gets broken down gets through. So like a partially broken down protein slipping into the body will be recognized as a foreign protein, a foreign invader by the immune system. And that's what triggers the immune response. That's what triggers the food sensitivity. So, um, you know, the processed foods, now we're learning that they have added chemicals, which the food scientists did not know would cause this problem. However, it is causing this problem where it is affecting our gut lining, causing a leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability. These foods are getting in and causing food sensitivities. The other reason is that a leaky gut is also caused by stress, mental, emotional, and physical stress. It's actually a direct connection between the brain and the gut. So whether you are undergoing like stress in your life, from your work, from your family commitments, or even a physical stress like a concussion or brain injury, those have been shown to cause a leaky gut. And so you can develop a food sensitivity as a result of these experiences. And if you're undergoing constant stress, even if you're coping well with it, like you're, you know you have a busy lifestyle, but you feel like you're doing very well with it, that can still be causing a leaky gut in the background. And so food sensitivities can develop. So unfortunately, food sensitivities tend to develop to the foods that we're eating most frequently, which are the foods we love the most. So when you do an elimination diet, we're going to cover this over the next few uh, sessions. You want to do it in a way that eliminates, in addition to the food sensitivities, also eliminates the foods that are causing the food sensitivities such as the processed foods. And you want to do things while you're in the elimination phase to help the digestive system heal and get stronger and more powerful again. And you want to properly prepare your foods so that when you reintroduce your foods, you're more likely to not have a food sensitivity to them anymore. So if you do all these things like heal your gut and your digestive system, why are the, you're in the elimination phase and be really attentive to how and what foods you reintroduce, you may actually find yourself going from a situation of having multiple food sensitivities to not having food sensitivities anymore or having very minimal food sensitivities. So uh, I hope that explains things. I'm going to show a few um, comments here from a Facebook user. The elimination, so the comment is, the elimination diet is really the only way to find out what is causing your body's troubles. Yes, it is one of the very many important tools. I would say that the elimination diet is foundational. There are other things that um, also need to be done in terms of things, figuring out what is triggering your blood sugar levels to go too high, which the elimination diet doesn't tell you. You would only get that information with blood sugar monitoring which I've been talking about a lot about over the last few shows. So you'll want to go back to see those episodes. However, without the elimination diet, I think it's really hard, if not impossible, in the modern day world to get a sense for which of your health concerns are being caused by your food or your drinks or not, which of your health concerns are not caused by food and drink. 
And the thing is, the one thing that we expose ourselves to day in and day out is food and drink. So it tends to be one of our most common triggers. Now, for the, I see that there are some people who have joined me live. Please feel free to put in your name and where you're calling in from. Please put in your questions if you have any. So I hope that I've answered for you why, um, you know, why you should uh, do the elimination diet and if you should do it. So how to determine if you should do an elimination diet is basically when you uh, do a body scan. So from top of your head down to your toes, and you're basically asking yourself, how is my body doing? Am I losing too much hair? Is my hair thinning out too early? Right? Am I premature graying? Um, am I, is my brain not sharp and focused? Do, do I have an energy slump in the middle of the day? Um, am I having problems with falling asleep or staying asleep? Um, is my energy level through the day not consistent or generally low and I have low energy and I want to really ramp that up? How is my gut doing? Do I have constipation, diarrhea? Do I have belly bloating? Do I have weight gain around the midsection? Um, am I gaining weight in terms of retaining fluid as well? Uh, how are my joints? Do I have achy joints? Are my muscles aching? Are my nails getting brittle and splitting? Uh, you know, those are all things that you want to be tuning into and particularly your skin. Do you have rashes, blemishes, acne, eczema is a big one dermatitis. All of these can be caused by or worsened by a food sensitivity. For example, there's this thing called atopic dermatitis, which is you get a skin rash when you um, when something touches your skin, like uh, a metal um, and or food allergies, for example, like being sensitive to seasonal allergies. Research has shown that while it's being caused by something in the environment, it's like the dial of the response that's like this is the volume of how bad it is gets turned up when you have an underlying food sensitivity, which is fascinating. Um, and it has to do with what's called cross reactions, which I'm not going to get into. But all you need to know is that if you have any health concerns that you would like to see resolved, then one root cause solution is to do an elimination diet. So I'm looking here to see if there's any more questions. Looks like all of the questions have either been answered or people are too, um, you know, shy to ask. Please feel free to ask. There are no inappropriate or bad questions. Um, you know, as long as you are someone who's really interested in your health and you really, uh, you know, you genuinely want to know the answer and you want me to shed some light on it for you. That is what I am here for. And if you are listening to this as a replay or on a podcast, know that you can join live and ask your questions when you join my Facebook group, Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills. It's free. You just have to agree to the group rules, which is to be courteous and kind, and then you can join in. So thank you so much for catching this live. It's been an absolute pleasure spending time with you today. Thank you for spending your time with me today. If you like this, please feel free to save, subscribe, and share. That's the best way to get this message out and to help other women around the world get the best health that they deserve and which you deserve as well. I look forward to seeing you at the next live session. Bye. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe. And please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health. 